Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It is Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Amber Wilson filling in on a wonderful Wednesday all across the country. You can give us a shout, 888-SAY-ESPN. We're saying who's box office. People have had some terrible answers. Nobody worse than Amber herself, who said Tyreek Hill. But nevertheless, we still love her because she's great. Uh, Well, I'm not being – I'm just – I'm trying to be fair. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm trying to be fair. I'm just letting you know you (laughs) – Terrible answers. It was just a bad answer. But nevertheless (laughs) – we do, before we want to get that, get back to that, we do want to do a segment we like doing here during NFL training camp. It is our producers, Evans, training camp whip around. I thought there might be music Ooh, there or there something. there was music. Well, maybe you all should add that. I'm in that, the mood for a whip around. You should do that whip it song in the future when you do this. Just a little, that's just a suggestion. But go, Evan, tell us what is happening around the country in training camp. Yeah, and we just talked about it. You just heard it from Christine Lisi in the Sports Center update. The Browns have announced they plan to start Deshaun Watson on Friday against the Jaguars. Now, here's a little bit of an explanation about why he may play on Friday and why he still may not. According to a league source that told Jeff Darlington, indefinite suspensions of at least a year have prohibited players from playing or participating in any team activities during the preseason or regular season. So, Amber, do you think that Deshaun Watson will actually play on Friday when the Jaguars play the Browns? Oh, um, I guess I will say yes uh, for two reasons. If you're putting me into a corner, because of course, none of us have any idea. None of us have any idea what's going to happen here with Peter C. Harvey. I wouldn't be shocked if we get a ruling before the end of the week, only because that was what the original reports are, that we would maybe get one by week's end. Certainly, I would expect to have one by the end of next week, if not this week, because it is a pretty expedited process, this appeal. So certainly, if we don't have a ruling, then yes, he's going to play. That's the announcement. But if we do have a ruling, the reason I guess I'll still go with yes is that I actually am not in the camp that Peter C. Harvey is just going to blankly do whatever the NFL wants. I understand that he's not wholly independent. He's appointed by Roger Goodell. He's an end of NFL friendly designee overhearing this appeal. However, that doesn't mean that he has to do exactly what the NFL wants. There is some semblance of an independent process in his review. He does still need to apply his own ethics and review and actually institute a punishment that he feels like is appropriate based on the circumstances. And so because of that, I wouldn't be shocked, Matt, because we know that the last offer from the NFL was 12 games and that the NFLPA and Watson's camp wouldn't go to 12 games. It was obviously smart that they didn't. Ultimately, Casuel Robinson goes with six. But I wouldn't be shocked if Peter C. Harvey then goes with something closer to that mark than an entire season because at least then he's still appeasing the NFL, going where the NFL was willing to go in settlement negotiations, but not going so far out on his own where he's going to anger Roger Goodell in the NFL. Also, though, not just totally giving in and making it look like a complete sham process by going with a full year or an indefinite suspension. Yeah, I have no idea what he's going to do, but I do think it's funny. I do hope where, – where, how do you get to the point in life that people use your middle initial? Because I've noticed both judges in this process – have had their middle initial every time. Sue L. Robinson and Peter C. Harvey. In regular life, nobody says to me, you're Matthew H. Jones. Like, they just say you're Matt Matt Jones. 
there comes a point, and I guess it's judges, where you get to have your middle initial be part of it. And thanks to Sue L. and Peter C., I'm reminded of that during this process. Well, and he wasn't a judge. He's a lawyer. And so why does you he and I are both lawyers, so maybe we get to do it. With her, I thought sometimes women do it because they keep their maiden name as their okay, middle well, name. Peter C.? And so you want that involved? Well, I don't know. I don't have an explanation. I, mean, I don't. I, I feel like, you know what? I'm just going to call him Peter Harvey. He doesn't Wasn't need to have the Wasn't he a former attorney general? There. Is that maybe why? I don't care what he is. He doesn't get the C. What's next? <laughs> call him Pete. Pete Harvey. <laughs> Pete. All right, Pete's here we making go. the decision. Dolphins and Bucks are having a joint practice right now. Here's what Mike McDaniel said about the obvious comparisons that we made between Tua and Tom Brady. Contrary to popular belief, Tua doesn't play one snap against Tom Brady, McDaniel said. But it's more about the quality of this organization and the type of football they've played. It's tremendous opportunity for all the guys when we're trying to play football at a high level. Matt, are you buying that Tua is not going to be comparing himself to Tom Brady this week? Uh, no, and I'm also selling Mike McDaniel because I thought he was supposed to be the fun guy. And his quote, that was the most boring quote. That was a Bill Belichick quote. This is not about to, it's the, about it, the organization and the, like, I'm already asleep. You're supposed to be the fun guy. That was the whole thing. You were going to be new. You were going to be exciting. And he's already giving stereotypical coach quotes. I'm selling, of course, they're going to compare Tua and Brady. And I'm also selling that stupid comment. You can't keep uh, keep the coach speak out of the coach, though, Matt Jones. Uh, he has been fun, though, in Not other Dan ways. Campbell. But Dan Campbell speaks say, right. Uh, again, that didn't go well in Miami. We tried that out. Uh, so I, I will say, though, that I actually believe that Tua is not going to be comparing himself to Tom Brady and nobody else should be comparing Tua to Tom Brady. What are we talking about? I just want Tua to, like, show us that he can be – I don't know, any sort of game managing. Like, just be Jimmy Garoppolo when Mike McDaniels was at Jimmy Garoppolo and, like, win us games and get us to a Super Bowl without anybody actually thinking you're the reason why. That's fine. I don't need you to actually beat Tom Brady to us. Well, he's playing with the most exciting player in the NFL, apparently, so I guess that works out for him. What's next? Exactly. All right, we got time for one more. Would you rather talk Steelers or Seahawks quarterbacks? Steelers. Okay, Mike Tomlin says Mitchell Trubisky leads the Steelers quarterback race. But Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph are making it difficult. So this is what Tomlin told CBS Sports. He said Mitch's silver bullet, if you will, is his fluidity and mobility. He's a really good athlete. I love Mike Tomlin. His quotes are great. I should not try to read them. Fluidity is a hard one. I knew you were going to trip on that one. I was waiting for Who gives the Steelers the best thanks for the help, Amber? Jeez, if you knew it was coming, (laughs) you couldn't help me out. Well, you you took a flamethrower to me for my Tyreek Hill take, so uh, this is my payback. It was a terrible take. I don't believe this at all. You didn't even know the definition of box office. Anyway, who will give the Steelers the best chance to win? Pickett, Trubisky, Rudolph, me. Not, right. I, really, honestly, Evan Wilner, as much as any of those guys, frankly, like I, I have no idea. I don't know if any of them can be any good. Mason's looked terrible when he has played in, in place of Big Ben when he was injured. Mitch Trubisky, um, he held a, a, a I mean, he literally held the playbook on the sidelines for Josh Allen and just like stood near Josh Allen last year. So people suddenly think that he can be better than what we saw in Chicago from him. I mean, it's probably the answer is probably Kenny Pickett, just not week one. You know, maybe something like week six. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, first of all, I don't believe anything in the quote. Back to coach speak. Everybody, the other two are coming on strong. This is not a NASCAR race. This is a – he knows who the quarterback's <laughs> going to be. It's Mitch Trubisky. It's not going to be Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph is going to be playing for the Steelers for 43 years but always be the guy they don't want to start. 
So, no, I don't believe any of that. But I do think it'll be Trubisky. And I actually, even though I am down on Trubisky overall, if you're saying who gives them the best chance of winning week one, it probably is Trubisky. Although, but I'm not sure any of the three of them give that good of a possibility. Nevertheless, the NFL preseason, just so you know, is the hot ticket. And it is brought to you by Vivid Seats. You can earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. That's right. See, it's your ticket to more tickets. It's Vivid Seats. Life happens live with Vivid Seats. Now, one of the biggest names in the sport continues to trash the Live Tour. That's right. The Live Tour lost in court, and now one of the most popular golfers is trashing it again. We'll deal with that and take your calls about the box office players next here on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? You're listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on the ESPN app. Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in for the guys today. You can tweet to us at Amber W Sports. That's me at KY Sports Radio. That's him. You can also always join the conversation on the CC call in line. Triple H, say ESPN, 88729 Three seven seven six. We have been asking you who is the most box office player in the NFL, but you can chime in on anything that we've talked about today. Tony is in South Carolina. Tony, what do you have for us? Uh, I'd like to resolve the Trubisky um, ticket Rudolph thing. Go the for best it. Chance that Pitts, Pitts, best chance for Pittsburgh would be Terry Bradshaw. I mean, those guys are all clowns. Um, they have to have somebody play quarterback, though, right? In fairness to the Steelers team, somebody has to get the job. I think Kenny Pickett gets it later on. But if I made you choose between Trubisky and Mason Rudolph, who are you choosing? Oh, well, I mean, please, Rudolph should be out after getting beat on by Garrett. Let's give it to Trubisky, I guess. But, look, you're going to understand why I'm all against these guys when I tell you my box office is Jamar Chase. He's coming to an end zone near you. Uh, there just isn't anybody more dynamic. Who day? Jamar Chase is a wildly exciting player. I understand why he would be a choice. I mean, at least we're getting outside the quarterback position, which was Matt Jones's entire take. The quarterback was position not my entire is the position. easy. Listen, the quarterback position is the easy place to go when we're talking box office players. You have to have a heightened intellect, Matt, in okay. order to go outside of Sorry. the quarterback yeah, position, that caller, he clearly Amber. has it. 
Yeah, the, the, listen, us simpletons, we actually like the people that make the biggest impact on the game and actually sell the most tickets and get people to tune in. I know that's a very simplistic view, it but is. that tends to be what I like. I mean, yes, I could say Quentin Nelson is the biggest box office player for, for all the football dorks, but no, but no I, I have that the would aud- be a take. I have the audacity to say Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, but nevertheless, still. Well, Amber, thank you uh, for covering there. We're having some storms here in Kentucky, and I'll tell you, a storm that has hit golf has been the Live Tour. And yesterday, three golfers took the Live Tour, or excuse me, took the PGA Tour to court to try to say, let us play in the FedEx Cup. We qualified for it. You can't ban us because we're going to the Live Tour. And a court yesterday said, yes, we can. And Rory McIlroy was asked today, because the FedEx Cup starts tomorrow, what he thought about the ruling and the whole controversy as well. From my vantage point, common sense prevailed, and I thought it was the right decision. Um, and now that that has happened, I think it just lets us focus on, on the important stuff, which is the golf, and, and we can all move forward and not sort of have um, – not have that sideshow going on for for the next few weeks which which is which is nice Amber, the PGA Tour is so lucky to have Rory in this because, you know, the three most prominent golfers are Tiger, Phil, and Rory. Phil went to the Live Tour. Tiger, it doesn't – I mean, he's a, he, he is for the PGA, but he's not going to be loud about it. But Rory having such a strong position and being maybe the loudest golfer of all and taking up for the PGA has been huge. Well, I think – Tiger was huge when he rejected almost a billion dollars from Live Golf, which was reportedly what they were willing to pay Tiger Woods. Uh, So he certainly made a statement there. Rory has made a statement all over the place. And frankly, I'm not even sure I agree with you anymore that Phil is the other golfer in this conversation that matters just because of all the controversy that has surrounded him uh, during the time before and after, frankly, he went to live. I just think that this ruling It's so interesting. You and I are obviously both law nerds, uh, both being lawyers, but basically they were asking for this temporary restraining order. And the judge said no, because you you haven't suffered. Right. You're getting paid unbelievable amounts of money from live. So there is no irreparable harm here. There's no reason for yeah, me for, to for people Amber, who, are, who don't know legal standards. Let's just so you the, the, what what the players were saying is. While we're deciding if the PGA Tour keeping the Live Tour players off is legal, there's all this golf going on, and we are being are, we're being harmed by the fact we're not getting to play. And and in order to show that, you have to show that you're having, as you use the words, irreparable harm. And what was interesting is the judge Amber said it's not irreparable harm because you're making more money than the people on the PGA Tour are making. Of so so I actually found that a really brilliant argument by the PGA, and it won because they said you can't be harmed if you get richer by not being on the PGA Tour than if you're on it. And the judge also said that you had warning that this was going to happen when you decided to go to live golf. You knew that this was the position that the PGA was going to take. You still made this decision to go chase the bag at live golf. So I thought that was an interesting development. Also, why this matters so much, because you mentioned that this was during the pendency of these proceedings. This was why this while this case was going on. The judge also said that the her first availability for trial in this antitrust lawsuit would be September 2020. If that date doesn't work, the next date on her calendar is 2025. So don't forget, (laughs) right now, these golfers (laughs) are not getting points in the official world golf rankings. Well, they're not even allowed to play. 
and well, they're that, that, not well i'm saying for live events it doesn't count towards that and they're not allowed to play in pga events that would count towards that and now we know that the court isn't going to allow them to play by granting this tro so this thing could go on for years and so the tro getting denied is actually really impactful and i actually think the pga is fine with it going on for years because what it what it is forcing see i think these players ultimately thought this is what i think they thought would happen we get to take all of this money and then eventually in court or by public pressure the pga tour will give i don't i think what we're learning is the chances of the court giving are not as high maybe as they thought. I mean, part of what you, part of the standard is what are your chances of prevailing in the lawsuit? She didn't address that, but that's at least, you know, if she thought it was a slam dunk, she probably grants it. And then the, what you mentioned about the trial is fascinating because if they can put this off to 2025, Amber, they're not going to run out of money, but there might come a point where the Live Tour says, look, no one's paying attention to these events at some point. You know, at some point, you have to say, why are we doing this? I think the next big issue is, do they get a TV deal? If they don't get a major television deal, can they survive? With Sure, they can. But what is the point if you're not getting exposure? The views on their tournaments have been less every week. Every week. And until they actually get on television, I think that is only going to increase. And the names of the golfers. And the names of the golfers have gotten bigger every week that we've gone and done this. People don't care, but they do not care. And people apparently don't care. It's not enough to get you to go watch it on YouTube. And maybe it is a distribution problem. And this story all changes if they get a television deal. Those pockets are really deep because of that Saudi backed fund. But do they want to continue to lose money? I mean, they're obviously prepared. They can lose money, to your point. I mean, they can for, for many, many years. But what is the purpose of doing this and losing money for years I on don't end? understand. I, you know, the reason they're doing this is to try to sort of, as people say, sports wash the mm-hmm. Saudi government, right? Well, that, but, if no, yes. but if no one is paying attention to it, you're not doing anything. I mean, like, you know, if it, it can be... You can pay for it, but you're hoping for attention. And I just think what's going to happen is absent Tiger moving or Rory moving, they're going to end up not getting the attention they thought they were going to get. But what they have done is they've made the PGA Tour players richer as well because the purses for all PGA Tour events are about to get much, much higher. Now, switching gears, the words unorganized and dysfunctional. You hear them often used to talk about, I don't know, the Texans, but you don't usually hear it. I thought it to you be were talk- going to say my box office take in the NFL. I thought that's where you <laughs> no, were going to go there. I was trying to give you a break because, you know, <laughs> I've been hard on you and I don't want to do that. But you rarely hear it used to describe a Bill Belichick coach team. So how big are the concerns in New England that dysfunction and or- unorganized has been called? We'll go in with the Patriots next here on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. It is Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Amber Wilson filling in. That was a little wrestling theme song coming in. We were talking during the break. You know, I, I'm 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 into wrestling. You're not a wrestling person, are you, Amber? You don't. No, you don't not pee. really. I mean, I hosted a local show in Miami for many many years. My co-host was a big wrestling person, so we had a lot of wrestlers in studio with us because down here in Florida, this is where basically they all live. Everybody from WWE and NXT, and so I know more about wrestling than I'd like to know about wrestling. Matt, but I would. <laughs> That's call not very nice. <laughs> well, first of all, just because you can't understand the sweet science of professional wrestling doesn't mean you shouldn't try to pick it up because it is wonderful. Mike Reese is ESPN's Patriots reporter. Before I get to the questions, Mike, are you a wrestling guy? You like the, you like the squared circle? Matt, what I was going to say is, what are you going to do when Hulkamania runs wild <laughs> on you? I go way back with the Thank wrestling. You. I love it. You, you're a little too grammatically correct because it's not, it's what you're going to do, not what are you going to do, sir. Yeah. You have to be like, what yeah. you going to do when the 20, okay, never mind. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you about what the Patriots are going to do about the fact that I'm hearing words like dysfunction coming from the offensive camp. That's not something you ever hear about a Belichick team. So I'm going to ask you. Is it overrated? Are people just going into hyperbole because they're seeing the Patriots struggle? Or are there real, real issues? Well, so let me give it to you this way, Matt. They've had 12 practices, if you include today, which was like a lighter practice before their preseason opener tomorrow night against the Giants at home. And so the offense looks different from what we've seen in the past. Um, And there have been times where I would say it's below the standard of what you would expect from a Patriots offense on a Bill Belichick coached team. Now, the reasons why to me is, is what is most compelling? Like, is it that the defense is dominating? Um, Is it that there's breakdowns on offense? Is it a coaching thing? They don't have Josh McDaniels. And my instinct tells me it's a little bit of a mix of everything. And so I think the, the one thing I would say to anyone listening is just keep your eye on it. No one's saying they, they won't get there. It's still early, but it has been a little bit of a rocky start for the offense in training camp. Obviously, Bill Belichick is still going to say all the right thing. He believes in, well, I don't know if he's going to say anything to us, frankly. We know how this works with Bill, but, you know, he's going to exude confidence in his offense no matter what reports are coming out of training camp. What do you think gives Belichick the belief that this is all going to work out in a post-Josh McDaniels era? Amber, it's a great question, and I would say it starts with Mac Jones. I think he feels like he's special, uh, both as a player and as a leader. So start with that. When you have a quarterback, you have a chance. So we could simplify it and just leave it right there. But I think there's a second layer here that's really important, and it's that Bill Belichick emphatically supports Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, the two leading coaches on offense 
that are sort of spearheading this transition away from Josh McDaniels. And it's compelling. It's unconventional to have one coach whose primary background is on defense, Matt Patricia, and another coach whose primary background is on special teams, Joe Judge, leading the offense. But Bill Belichick's belief is that if you are a good coach and he feels like both of them are exceptional coaches, that it doesn't matter what position you coach. Well, we will see if that ends up being the case. I want to ask you a question about Mac Jones because I'm fascinated by the kid because I met him when he was a sophomore in high school and he committed to Kentucky before he went to Alabama. And I remember thinking, this is one of the cockiest kids that I have ever met in my life. And then he goes to Alabama where they do things the Alabama way. And then he goes to the Patriots where they do it the Patriot way. And things like ego are not supposed to play in in either of those places. What's he like? Does he still have that edge, that sort of I'm better than er – like, and I don't mean like better that he thinks he's a better person, but just I'm the best player that he did when he was young, or is he different now at an older age? So, Matt, to me, he actually reminds me of Tom Brady in this way, okay? And, and we've got to be very careful, like, yes, right? Obviously. There's no – you know, but, but here's the way he reminds me of him is you might go up to him and he'll be the most polite, friendliest guy and shake your hand and look you in the eye and it's genuine and sincere but when it's time to compete he will cut your heart out with a dull spoon and that's something that someone close to mac told me and i felt like brady was the same way it was almost like he was a different person when he stepped over the line i observed that covering mac over the last year and i think he wears it on his sleeve like he's out there at practice and he takes this stuff hard. And so to me, yes, everything you said, I, I see the same thing. Mike Reese, ESPN Patriots reporter, joining us here on Canteen, Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Matt Jones filling in for the guys. Mike, you mentioned when we were asking you about the offense that some of it could be how good the defense looks. Are there any concerns defensively for this team that you've seen in training camp so far? Because all we keep hearing about are the offensive concerns. So, Amber, for, for me, I go back to, like, the defense, and they got to get through the Buffalo Bills in their own division. And the last two times they played them, they didn't force them to punt. So they came into this camp with questions on, well, what are you going to do to at least make them punt once? They got a big hole at cornerback without J.C. Jackson, now with the Chargers. They're rotating some players at that spot. And they have an unproven, uh, untested linebacker group for the most part. So they're sort of relying on a little bit of um, a changeover, new faces, a little bit of youth. The picture is sort of still developing, and we got to see how it comes together. Mike, we'll get you out of here with this. The Patriots play the Giants tomorrow in the preseason. Tell me if you're a Patriots fan or a Giants fan, you're trying to figure out what you're going to see, how much you're going to see of the starters, Mac Jones, et cetera. So I, I asked Coach Belichick yesterday, you know, what's the plan with Mac? And, and he deflected on the answer. Shocking. Surprisingly so. Yes. Are, you, are you shocked, Matt? Amber, yeah. shocked, right? Um, so, so what I did was I watched the practice to try to see if I could find any clues, you know, and, and it did catch my eye that in the, the portions of practice that they seemed to be specifically preparing for the game, Mac wasn't involved. And the starters on both sides weren't very involved. So I'm going to lean in the direction that I'm going to be mildly surprised if Mac plays much, if at all, and the oh. starters play much, if at all, for the Patriots. And we know the Giants are going to play their healthy guys. 
It's good to know for the uh, for the betting lines there a little bit. A little inside information from Mike Reese, ESPN's Patriots reporter. Thank you very much for the time, and I hope you enjoy. I guess it's Wednesday night, so you can watch a little AEW if you get a chance. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, Matt. Oh, yeah. There you go. See, listen, Amber, can't you hear the joy in his voice when he talks about it? Don't you want to be a part of that? Not really. Uh, no. Sort of feel like wrestling, it's like soap operas. For, for men. See, re- soap happy. opera for men. Although I, I do think that now westling has grown a lot and now there's oh, a, yes. a lot of women, women right? around there's the a world. Lot of women who have bought in, just not this woman. Matt a Jones. lot of people say it's one of the most wholesome things you can do with your family. So you should really look into it. Uh, I don't think they've watched the same <laughs> wrestling matches that I've wholesome. <laughs> I mean, you know what they say when you hear the glass that means it's time to kick some ass. That's exact, and I think that is what And that's wholesome? Want. Well, one version of it. Now, nevertheless, Bill Belichick is not the only one that's concerned about the Patriots' offense. Wait until you hear what a Super Bowl champ said. It's pretty amazing. It's next here on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN radio. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio, Matt Jones, Amber Wilson. I don't know about you, Amber. I like a little NBA beef. I like when guys are going at each other, but you rarely see it in the middle of the summer. And this story is amazing. The number one pick in the draft, Paolo Banchero, who had a great summer league. He was playing in one of these, you know, they only do this in basketball, where the players play in, like, summer tournaments and summer games. That's a really strange thing to me, but they do. And he's playing against DeJounte Murray of the Atlanta Hawks. They end up, uh, DeJounte Murray ends up making a move on him. He scores on him. They, they, they yell at each other a lot. They talk trash. And then DeJounte takes it to social media. He posts a video of the move and says, welcome to the league, young fella. They trash talk on social media, and it ends with DeJounte Murray unfollowing Paolo on Instagram. And Paolo posted about it and said, oh, you're in your feelings, aren't you, DeJounte? What do you think about the number one pick? Not even played his first regular season game yet, and he's already getting into it with stars. Oh, kids these days. I mean, 19 years old, this is how you beef when you're 19 years old, right, for Paolo Bancaro. But I typically would have an issue with Bancaro doing any of this because I like getting involved with a beef with a current NBA player because Murray's been in the league for years. He was just traded to the Atlanta Hawks to be paired with Trey Young. That's probably going to be an excellent pairing. I mean, people think pretty highly of him in the NBA, whereas, yes, you were the number one pick, but you haven't even dribbled a basketball in the NBA yet. So maybe don't start beef or have beef with NBA players. But I think it's who started it here that makes this okay because the fact that Murray put it out 
on Instagram didn't just let the play speak for itself. Like he had already made Paulo Bancaro look like a fool on the court. He walks off the court. He's on the sidelines. People are videoing him. DeJounte Murray's yelling about how it's a man's league and he's just a little boy. He's yelling at the crowd. That's who you came to see because of course people come to see the number one overall pick. So he'd already made kind of a fool of him, so to speak, right? He already schooled him on the court. He could have just left it there. I think the second Murray took it to social media, then I don't have a big problem with Bancaro going after Murray because he's just defending himself. So now I think that this, frankly, sets up some fun games between the Magic and the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, Moving forward, battles. maybe it'll give us a, another a new I rivalry. love it. I love beefs. I wish there were more beefs. I think it was fine for Paolo to be upset. I think it was fine for DeJounte Murray to put it on Twitter. And I really like that he unfollowed him on Instagram. The unfollower block is a really good way to get under people's skin. I'm a huge believer in it. How do you notice somebody unfollowed you, though? Like, that's well, how I, mean, that, I, you're I, I don't know how closely? he noticed. But either way, good. <laughs> A lot of, more people should be unfollowed and more should be blocked. It is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Matt Jones. We were talking earlier about the Patriots. It's very rare to see the Patriots be in disarray, but there's a lot of talk that they are in disarray. People are saying the offense is dysfunctional. They got defensive coordinators running the offense. What is happening? Well, not everybody thinks it's a crisis. As a matter of fact, Keyshawn Johnson, he of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, He was on first take with Amber Wilson when Amber Wilson was making her first take debut and, by the way, knocked it out of the park. Except for when she said Tyreek Hill was boxing. But but besides that, she (laughs) did an amazing job. This is what Keyshawn said. He is not worried about the Patriots one little bit. So I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about Matt Patricia. I understand Matt Patricia was fired by the Lions a couple years ago. He didn't come come back with the Patriots with glowing remarks. I get all of that. I understand that Joe Judge was fired from the Giants. He's not going back to the Patriots with glowing remarks. The last time, if I can remember correctly, that Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots didn't necessarily have an offensive coordinator, they went 11-5 or 10-6. And And I think that was either in 08 or 09. So I'm not really worried about it right now. I'm just not at all. Not at all. Not one bit. Amber, do you agree with your fellow first taker, Keyshawn, that there is nothing to be worried about with the Patriots' struggles in the offseason? Well, of course I don't agree, right? And and I went immediately back at Keyshawn on first take, and I asked him, hey, who was the quarterback back then uh, the last time that that worked out, not having an offensive coordinator named? And, of course, the answer to that question is Tom Brady. What are we talking about? Now we have Mac Jones under center, and we have Mac Jones – In a sophomore season, yes, he had a good rookie campaign. But the thing is with Bill, Bill feels like he's smarter than everybody, right? Like that's the Bill Belichick move. And so now it's like, oh, I'm so smart. I'm not going to name an OC or a DC. And I'm so smart. Is that your Bill Belichick impersonation, by the way? Do it again. I just want to close my eyes. My Bill Belichick impersonation would actually be like, I'm so smart. I'm not going to answer any questions to the media. That would be like my actual Bill. Was that Bill Belichick? Did we just get him as a guest, Evan? (laughs) Was that Bill I'm very good at impersonations. Sorry, I'm, no, sorry, I'm, I'm just hung up on the fact that it's not an impersonation. We, we, this is a pet peeve of mine, and now I'm just going <laughs> to let it It's an impression. It's an impression. And it's a terrible one because I'm terrible at impressions. Because if it was an impersonation, you'd be going to jail for trying to use his credit card. Oh, right. I digress. Uh, Evan, uh, Evan uh, all right, no more of that. I want, I, want, I, want you to do, I want you to do one more Bill Belichick and then make your point. Okay. 
I'm smarter than everybody, so I don't have to name an OC, and I can have a guy who was a oh former defensive guy calling plays. Is that Daryl Hammond? Is that is that, is that so Frank smart. Caliendo there? You sound also, we wouldn't just get any like of that it. from Bill Belichick because he wouldn't actually answer the question or tell us any of that. I don't have any of that. I sound just like him. Here's the thing exactly with Belichick. Like Belichick thinks he's smarter than all of us. It's why yes, he, he does. does this. He thinks that he can just do this. No matter what, it's like even his first pick in this draft, right, where he took a guard, Cole Strange, out of Chattanooga. It was such a surprising pick in the first round. It's like everything with Belichick. Like, he has to just do all these things that nobody else would do, and this isn't the typical way that we do it. And everybody just believes it's going to work out because he's such an incredible coach, except for we haven't actually seen any of that stuff work out without number 12 under center. And again, Mac Jones had a good rookie campaign, but it doesn't necessarily mean he'll have a good sophomore one. I think it's going to work. I'm not. I'm not worried about it either. Because again, I think guys like Belichick deserve benefit of the doubt until they don't anymore, right? So I mean, I think ultimately, I have not seen a reason to believe that he will not uh, that, that, that he will not have a successful offense. It is odd to me that you would hire two guys who are not offensive guys to be the offensive coordinators. And if any other coach did that, we'd probably say, what a terrible decision. How could they do that? But if there's one person that I will give the benefit of the doubt to until I see that I shouldn't, it's going to be him. Now, I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl team, but do I think this team is going to be equally as good as they were last year, that they are going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, until it doesn't happen, Amber, I think you have to say it will happen. Well, I suppose, except for everybody else in that division is getting better. Now, obviously, the Bills have overtaken that division, so that's that's not even a question. The Dolphins have gotten better. The Jets have gotten better, though. So it's it's not inconceivable that the Patriots could be the worst team in this division oh, this stop. season. If, in no fact, this Belichick plan doesn't work out. We are talking about a team that got blown out in a wild card game. Now, it was a loss to Buffalo, but 47-17. to 17. Bill Belichick, 47 points the Bills scored on the Patriots. Bill Belichick didn't overreact. He didn't go do anything, frankly, to really improve that defense in the offseason. Again, Bill Belichick, it just feels like he does things that he thinks are outside the box in order to prove to all of us how smart he is. And maybe he is. And maybe it'll all work out. Maybe he can do it without Tom. Maybe it'll all work out for him. Maybe it's some huge competitive advantage that we don't know who the OC or the DC are. (laughs) But it just seems so silly, frankly. And I don't even have a problem. I'm not even taking into account Matt Patricia's resume with the Lions as a head coach. Or George Judge's resume with the Giants. I don't care about that. Yeah, I don't I'm just talking about this situation on the Patriots I don't think those guys are terrible hires I it's not that I just think Josh McDaniels was more important at that OC position than people give him credit for well I don't think that the I don't think the resume of those guys as head coaches matters to whether or not they're good coordinators because there's a ton of guys we've seen them over the years who are great coordinators who when they're the head coach it just doesn't work out and I think there are some people who are who are great head coaches from a management perspective that may or may not be great coordinators I think those are two very different jobs but it's just weird I do think though I think you hit a very good point about Belichick he likes to be smarter than everybody else and there are people out there who like to 
to be cute, and they like they almost love when you say they can't. It makes them want to do it more. And I could see him saying, "Okay, you don't think I can win with Brady? I can win with Mac Jones." And to go even further, I'll do it with two guys that aren't even offensive coaches. How would you like that? That would be if it happened, Amber. It would be a pretty good uh, final thing for him to do. And I'll draft a guard with my first pick in this loaded wide receiver draft. It's just yes, Bill Belichick doing Bill Belichick. That, yeah, it's a third round guard with my first pick in this draft. That's exactly right. Well, listen, we've been talking about who's the most box office. She said it was Tyreek Hill. She was wrong. But we're going to also look at others, plus what college football coaches are on the hot seat. Next on Candy and Carlin. 